stronger. The most successful people are long-term thinkers. They look into the future as far as they can to determine the kind of people they want to become and the goals they want to achieve. They then come back to the present and determine the things that they will have to do or not do to achieve their desired futures. This practice of long-term thinking applies to work, career, marriage, relationships, money, and personal conduct. Successful people make sure that everything they do in the short term is consistent with where they want to end up in the long term. They practice self-discipline at all times. You see, this willingness to sacrifice in people who spend many hours and even years preparing, studying, and upgrading their skills to make themselves more valuable so that they can have a better life in the future rather than spending most of their time socializing and having fun in the present. Your ability to think, plan, and work hard in the short term and to discipline yourself to do what is right and necessary before you do what is fun and easy. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I may not even bring you I may not even bring you in with an intro. Since you <laughs> let me fix let me fix my mic real quick. But uh and I know these don't gotta be that close. Yeah, we can talk. You can look into the camera. Yeah, but I mean, it's just me and you. And I'll, I'll edit it up. Unless you want me to change it. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're But, um, let's get started. Let's get started. I wish I had like, the looks by me. <laughs> so used to being in control, man. But uh, it's good to do things that are that get you out your comfort zone, you know? And, um... Speaking of somebody who's doing many things that is getting them out of their comfort zone, who's reaching many people in the community globally, changing lives and building true kings. I want to welcome Julian. Mr. Jules. (laughs) (laughs) To the the Keep It Uplifting podcast. Thank you for having me, King. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I was, uh, you know, I do a little research and I was like, you know, going through the Instagram and think about what I know about you. And um, you do more. You do a lot more than what I thought I knew. <laughs> like what what uh, what's what makes you want to give back so much? I see you everywhere. So if I Google your name, there's you know, how you go to page six and on Google. Yeah. Yeah, you on page six. There's a lot of articles out there. So what makes you want to give back to the community so much? Was that something that was instilled in you when you were growing up? Yeah, just basically being from Oakland, King. Honestly, I grew up in Atlanta, but my roots are from Oakland, California. Pantherville, uh, Panther Nation, as I like to call it. Okay. One of the Black Panthers, for those who may not know, where Huey Newton and Bobby Seale the co-founders, but it's all about community building. Uh, It was instilled in me from a young age, uh, coming from a Caribbean background uh, from Trinidad and Tobago. My family is by way of Trinidad. And we always were taught to, you have to lift up your next fellow man or your next fellow woman. And I call us kings and queens because I really do think we're born to accept our crown and to be royal um, as we should be and walking in purpose. And that really only comes with helping out the next fellow king or queen uh, that we are in community with. Wow. Uh, 
a, a king's message, man. Uh, are you still building kings? I saw something online that you had a uh, president of the kingdom king building. Uh, what, what is that? Development. We, we have a we have a, a nonprofit, but it's not active right now. But that doesn't mean that we're still not building up kings. But I started a nonprofit called the King Building Development Institute. Yes. Um, it was incorporated here in Georgia. And I wanted to basically uh, do what you're doing, uplift young kings, uh, but more middle school, high school and like early college. Yeah. Teach them job readiness uh, to teach them how to find a trade to turn it into a business as an entrepreneur. Right. And I was on the speaking circuit uh, doing a lot of presentations in the schools and in local high schools, colleges, and even in some elementary and middle schools and just really providing a positive male, black male role model. Figure. Yeah. But I, 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 you know, I think, it, I think you're not really giving it its glory. Because, you know, uh, you have so many awards. It's like 30, Mr. 30 under 30, 40 under 40. Like you're just achieving so much and you're so involved in the community. Has it always been easy for you to just help everybody? Have you have you had any pushback along the way or people who were trying to take advantage of you along the way? Um, Definitely, I would probably say the biggest lesson is don't let uh, the young look fool you. <laughs> As you know, when we right. first met last year, um, people always are trying to guess how old am I? Right. And that can a lot of times have people undermine the respect level that they give you oh. until they start hearing me speak to them and talking in a business manner, in a professional manner. And then they're like, how old is this guy? How old is this cat? And so that always can um be a situation where people are going to try you right. when it comes to thinking that you're younger than you always are. But of course, with my resume, not black and white on paper, but even my, my community, my street resume, uh, when people hear how involved I am and that I know certain people that are movers and shakers, then their antennas and their eyes start to open and, and also uh, lighten up because they know I'm not just a regular, like young high schooler at college all. student. Uh, that's out here in Atlanta, <laughs> but they see that I'm about business and I'm, I'm about impact. Yeah, I, I can tell because uh, when I came in here, I, I mentioned your name, and um, I don't, I don't know her by name. Ona, Onus was letting me know that she was like, "Well, maybe I see him by face." And as soon as your face popped up, she's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> Jules!" But everybody that you know, I speak to, I have spoken to just two people, but the people that I've spoken to about you, like speak highly of you um and you do look young what's what's the regiment because your photos from 2016 <laughs> they haven't changed much you look the same man yeah, we got the fountain of youth over here man actually my name uh shout out to my mother yvette smart that named me julian it means young and handsome oh. so not to not to again harp on a name but like that set the tone for my life, right. my decisions that I made through life. Wow. I wasn't someone from an early age that cared to stress out a lot. I always kept a positive, uh, uplifting, just personality and character about myself um, because I eat uh, very clean. I'm a plant-based. I don't consider myself to be vegan anymore, but more plant-based, holistic. 
is what my regimen is. Um, always wanting to do a lot of veggies, fruits, and that's the Caribbean in me. Always was around with having green, leafy green foods and herbs. Uh-huh. Um, with having all of that mixed in with not stressing, not being someone that's into heavy drugs or not being someone that is putting myself in situations that are going to cause me to age faster. Wow. It's always been a blessing to me. (laughs) (laughs) So if you are listening, that is the full ingredients on the fountain of youth. That is how you stay young forever. But I want to, I want to get, more into that because uh you know i interviewed mr cliff who's uh you know he's from jamaica and he's the caribbean right and he seems very relaxed as well so is i mean is that part of the the caribbean heritage is everybody just easy going yeah like folks in the 90s know the movie cool runnings uh-huh. um where you always hear uh, a lot of the jamaican uh quote unquote accents. It's not a, a legit person that played in that movie. Right, right, of course. Right. <laughs> Shout out to Malik Yoba and the rest of the cast, Leon and others. Uh but literally taking it easy has always been a thing of the Caribbean. You can't be very stressed out when you have uh scenery like the beaches that have water that's transparent and right. you can't have a lot of stress or a lot of worries when mangoes and pineapples and bananas and other tropical fruits are falling off of the tree next door to where you live at. Right. And just being around that type of outdoor scenery. um, I never grew up in the Caribbean. I grew up in the States, but just in seeing my family and how they operate, it always left the impact on me is to really take it easy uh, chill, don't worry, be happy as the saying goes. And most importantly, drink a lot of H2O. I forgot to mention that before <laughs> to drink a lot of spring water, a lot of natural uh, alkaline water. Okay. Okay. So you were vegan before the rave, before the, yeah, I was on before 2020. I was on, the, I was on the move probably right now. It's on my 13th or 14th year. Uh-huh. And I was testing it out. I wasn't full fledged alkaline right. because there's levels to, quote unquote veganism. Okay. Some people claim to be vegan, but they're still eating uh cheese or dishes that have cheese in it. Or some people, what we call it in the plant based community are part time vegans. Oh. That they may be uh vegan on the weekend, but on the Monday through Friday, I call it uh they're eating savage food still. Or they're eating food that's heavy meat in it. Oh. So that's what I'm like drawing the the, the the fine line when people always are saying they're vegan, I always Ask the next question, do you eat cheese? Do you still uh, eat meat? Are you eating fish? Right. Because if you are, you're a part-time vegan. You're not a true, <laughs> legit vegan, you are. Well, I, I got more questions about this. This isn't even <laughs> on my list. <laughs> no, but you, you've, never, you've never eaten savage food, as yeah, you call I grew it? Up, I, grew up on, I grew up on the regular meats. Um, never, never was heavy into pork. Okay. Okay. Turkey, okay. Um, chicken, fish. Uh, I didn't do a lot of beefs because I also learned that I needed to eat towards my blood type. And my blood type of being uh, AB, it's not really um, good for me to eat a lot of heavy red meats. And so I always was into chicken and fish more and a little bit of turkey. Wow. How did you... <laughs> 
<laughs> you're like changing the whole interview. I was just talking about how you uplifting the community and, and changing the lives of, of young people, young young kings and queens. But man, I because I, <laughs> I really don't know how old you are. I don't want to ask you either. But you really, I looked, I looked you up. I looked up. I found plenty of art, plenty of articles on you, and you just look amazing. You know, so. Uh, <laughs> what what else could what else exercise is there anything else that you could add to that you add to that regimen I do see you out giving the daily jewels sometimes yeah, you're out walking you gotta get the walks in yeah. always um, was into athletics basketball soccer did a little bit of handball in uh-huh. track and field but mostly basketball and soccer growing up and just as you know, as as being in the athletics, you have to have a regiment. You have to be disciplined about your regiment. And from elementary all the way into high school, I didn't play after high school. Uh, I always had a regiment, a routine. And staying fit is a part of, I guess, my lifestyle. It's not just something I do as a fad or as a hobby. Uh-huh. And so that comes from working out. That comes from um, making sure I'm having cardio or daily walks in throughout the week. And most importantly, eating clean. Yeah. I, I like to uh, eat a lot of fruits and veggies. Never was that child that my mom had to beat me over the head or threaten me to eat my veggies on my yeah. plate because I know my body needed it for nourishment. Does that does that help with healing? Do you heal faster? Because I, I did hear that, you know, um, vegans don't heal as fast as a savage eaters yeah so. i mean it is a it is a debate it is really not based off of the foods but rather the herbs uh. or the herbs as they say in <laughs> other parts of the world and uh. so the herbs or the herbs are mainly for the healing and the fruits and veggies legumes and the um the grains, the rich grains are for the nourishment. Huh. So anybody who's a real plant-based, uh, quote unquote, vegan or a alkaline plant-based vegan knows that the herbs are more for healing. Wow. The food is for your nourishment and your energy. Huh. So with that and with your diet, do you think that helps your mentality at all to always be able to stay positive because you're in the community you're in the trenches of Atlanta, uh, the world actually. (laughs) Right. So when you, when you're out there, I'm sure you can see families, kids and, and people going through it. Do you think diet is attached to that at all for you? Man, James, if you could just talk to any of my family members, because I think it really starts at home with you basically sharing information that you learn with Uh your inner circle or your family first, Um, they would tell you that, Yeah, I believe a lot of the issues we have, especially Uh in our communities Uh and also in the black community, the the folks that look like myself and you can stem from the diet and the the healthy lifestyle or lack thereof. Uh And so when it comes to even being in education, I've seen it firsthand where kids who may be high on heavy meats and they're taking Ritalin or they're taking other substances that the doctor prescribed for them to be in special education that once you start to wean them off of certain uh, high um, meats, red meats, or you wean them off of potentially a lot of sugars in their diet, uh, uh, cakes and desserts that they're a totally different person. 
You about to change hey, my they diet. They may not even need the medication if they're doing it on a consistent uh, regimen throughout right. the week. Right. But because they're eating only right. what is in their community, the fast foods, uh, the different stores that are the corner stores, the bodegas as they have up north. Yeah. New York, they're not getting access to fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, or even herbs, really. Well, you're... <laughs> Plenty, plenty of gems. I knew you was going. I knew you was going to drop jewels, man. But but you being in these communities, seeing how distressed they are at times, seeing the the diet and lack thereof options to nourish your body in a healthy way and enrich your mind, right? How do you not stress about that? Because there's a lot of weight on your shoulders. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's asking you to drive an hour to come and sit down and do a podcast, which I truly appreciate. Right, right. But I I think it's just you're doing such an amazing job. And I mean, every photo I see you you smiling, you you shaking hands, you, you you always taking pictures, you know, and you're always uplifting and building people. How do you manage that at all? It's really just my faith in, in, in Yah. I call him Yah. Uh-huh. I may call him God for those that do believe. Um, but having my faith component intact, uh-huh. early age, shout out to my mother again, Yvette Smart, that did raise me uh, in the church. I wasn't an active like church um, uh, PK, a preacher's kid that had to be in church 24-7, but uh-huh. she still kept me around the environment. I grew up. Uh, Catholic and then went to AME, uh, but now I'm non-denominational. But right. having that faith component, it let me know that it could always be worse. It let me know that wow. even though people's situation may look a certain way currently right now, that it doesn't have to stay that way. Because if your mind is renewed, uh. if your mind is cleansed, uh, if your body is cleansed, then you're able to think in a different way than you never were able to think in before. That's why I'm a firm believer (laughs) in detoxing and cleansing. Uh, Just to add to your point, Jay, Uh that we have to cleanse and not just with food, even cleansing certain things that we're doing that are Uh negative to our lifestyle and also our purpose. Right. Cause you, you abstain from, like you said, any drugs, alcohol, anything like that. Correct. Um, I just did a little bit of drinking, of course, in college. I went to Hampton University, the real HU. Shout out to the Pirates. Uh, but after I came and transferred to Kennesaw State University uh-huh. in Kennesaw, um, I really slowed down because uh-huh. I got a lot of the partying out of me when I was at the HBCU. HBCUs, for those who are listening, it's a beautiful y'all place. know that it's a whole different experience <laughs> versus a PWI. Yes, sir. And thankfully, I went uh, to Hampton, but I actually grew up here in the AUC, okay. uh, which is the Atlanta um, the Atlanta uh, United Center, uh, which consists of Morris Brown, Clark, Atlanta, uh, Spellman, and also uh, Morehouse. And uh-huh. so... Anybody that really grew up here in the 90s, a.k.a. Freak Nick era, uh, you know how important uh, the AUC is uh, when it comes to just seeing our people thrive and seeing our people active in the community doing big things. Carrying the city on your shoulders, man. (laughs) Serious. So uh, being that you you mentioned that you transferred, you transferred to that school? Uh, Transferred. What was what, what caused that transfer? Did you just want to come back? Or? Um, I would have loved to be a, a Hampton graduate. Uh, I went to Hampton uh, right after high school, and 
literally, I was going for a broadcast journalism career. I wanted to get into radio to be basically a radio DJ or BJ at the time. And they have an entry level test at Hampton that you have to take in order to pass to get into the school of broadcast wow. journalism. Wow. And I thought I was uh, doing it coming out of high school with my English grades usually being at a high A or B level. And then also with some of the other subjects that required a lot of writing and reading comprehension. But uh, I honestly failed uh, the test. It was Ugh. an entry level test. You could only fail it. I think it was either two or three times. And I sadly failed it. Ugh. And that taught me one of my biggest lessons in college was that um, every program is not uh, entry level. Mm. So some programs, they weed out those individuals in college that may or may not be able to be like top tier in learning certain subjects or learning something, some certain things in that, uh, that program or that elective or that major. So that taught me I had to switch it up. And so I switched my major. I was on the track of going for broadcast journalism, but I switched it to English and thankfully, I still use that to this day because when I transferred to Kennesaw State, uh -huh. I was going for English education. And that's really my area or my industry that I work in is right. education. But right. I also still do podcasting and content creation and still doing broadcasting. Oh, we're going to get there. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, because uh, so, uh, you know, I did the research, man, and you uh, got a degree in global and technical or training communication or something like that well it's it's still on my or globalization yeah. was your well on my well on my college uh diploma um um just so you know the degree not the diploma i'm in the high school mindset, <laughs> in the college uh degree that i have it is for english but okay. it's also for professional writing okay but i did uh, do a lot of work basically teaching overseas okay which is when i went to korea i okay. had the privilege okay. of going to korea in 2010 to teach english and a couple students i was one of the six or seven students selected that was able to go and actually get paid uh, as a regular teacher uh. we were teaching english over in korea okay Seoul, south korea wow and so that opened up my mind to really having a global education and also a global impact. Yes. And which springboarded me, as we've talked about, to go and want to really serve the nation. Yes. Specifically Asia and Africa. Right. You're every, <laughs> you're every, well, how was that though? When, when you got the opportunity, where, did you just jump at it? Did you, you know, were there conversations with the family and they were just like, yeah, push you out the door. Yeah. Like my mom was always someone along with, our community that said that the world is much bigger than the U.S. Oh. U.S. of A. And from just a high school perspective, I was able to travel to Trinidad. And I actually, I forgot to mention, uh, when I was in elementary school, about 10 or 9 years old, I had the privilege to go to Costa Rica oh. play soccer uh, with our select um, soccer team, which is basically we play um, travel uh, soccer in a soccer league. And I had that opportunity to go with my players, not my players, my teammates, right. and also my coach. And all of us who were on the team as players, our coach had a resort that he owned in Costa Rica, in wow. San Jose, Costa Rica. Wow. And so think of that, James, <laughs> from a young black man or young black king or young black boy's perspective, seeing that 
of course, a lot of black uh, males don't play soccer in the States, right. especially in Georgia. Right. <laughs> so that's number one. And then number two is just being able to know that I'm not going to a resort. That's just any resort. I'm going to one that my coach actually owns. Amazing. So that taught me literally that if my own soccer coach, shout out to uh, Coach Conaway, Dan Conaway and Coach Chris Hogan, uh, who raised a lot of, of young men and young kings at an early age, uh, but that taught me that there's no limits. Yeah. Because if my coach is just coaching me in the States, but he has a long um, a long hand of money or a long right. lot of money to right. be able to own real estate overseas. Right. Of course, he had business partners, but that just opened up my perspective. Yeah. I, I mean, that definitely expands your horizon. I remember, you know, I'm a military kid, and I remember going over to Hawaii from Baltimore. Right. I never had been outside the city before. Right, right. So that that just opened my eyes to a whole nother world. And then staying on the base and meeting other military kids just was like, you never lived in the States. They call it, you know, the mainland. So for you to go to Seoul, which my stepfather was stationed in Seoul, Korea, and he's not black. <laughs> I, love I love it. So so <laughs> so for you to go over there and teach and, and be in a nation where you know, you don't know the the primary language is absolutely amazing. And you just keep doing things that I I just didn't think were possible for somebody who's 16. You know, yeah. I'm talking about you. Being- <laughs> hey, I, I take it. I used to get, especially I got a little bit of the salt and pepper now. But before yeah. I used to have the clean shave, no, no facial hair. They used to think I was just graduating high school. No, but you're so you're training people uh, over there in English. Where when did you start training people financially and and enriching their lives in that way? That came when I was brought to a class at my church, my home church that I go to. Shout out to Victory uh, Church, which is in Norcross. Okay. We also have a campus in Midtown and in North Cobb and in Hamilton Mill. But uh, one of my old girlfriends actually invited me to a class called Financial Peace. And Financial Peace is a class that is created by Dave Ramsey, uh, one of the financial gurus. Um, He's up there with the Robert Kiyosaki's and the other financial gurus of the world. Um, But he crafted a class that was basically um, a seven-step program in huh. order to get people out of debt so that they can acquire uh, assets to build wealth. Right. And that opened up my perspective on the importance of financial education and seeing it step by step. I had always been introduced to the Robert Kiyosaki, right. uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dads, and uh, others that are in the financial space from an early age, but I never took actual class that uh-huh. helps singles and married uh, couples walk through the step-by-step process uh-huh. of this is what you need to do to get out of debt with gazelle intensity, as Dave Ramsey says, uh-huh. not with just you doing it haphazardly or whimsically. You're doing it like at a fast pace, like I got to get out of debt now. ASAP. Right. Right. That taught me that you have to have fire underneath you if you really want to get out of debt so you can get to your real goals and your real dreams. And you have the fire. I mean, you're <laughs> no, because, you know, you're moving around. I keep talking about it because I just it was like article after article after article. And I was just so grateful just to be able to sit down with you Um 
even I was able to sit down with you on the Run of Jewels podcast as well, and you just coming out here just to sit down with me. What what we met at the podcast conference. You never set. You never created a podcast, or you never had a podcast at that time. And your podcast is ranked uh, globally in the top three percent. Mm. Did you know that? No, I actually haven't uh, checked any of the numbers recently because we're literally starting up another podcast <laughs> like <I told> you, <laughs> with the Smart Jewels Network. Right. We're talking about travel. So right. Literally, I haven't even been concentrating on RTJ. From the, yeah. Well, we're, we're going to get into the, the network, but just for that podcast, what what uh, what really what is the how do I say this? What is the uh, message? What is the mission statement behind that podcast? So really everything around our business, uh, which is Smart Jewels Enterprises, Uh we are an educational consulting uh, agency that focuses on three different areas, personal development, Uh financial education, Uh health and wellness. Uh All three of those areas are very critical and important to me as an individual who founded Smart Jewels Enterprises. And so we wanted to find a way to get our message out to an audio uh, format to let audiences hear from content creators like yourself, uh, business uh, entrepreneurs like yourself and others that are more millennial, um, Gen Z age around that Xennial age group so that people can see from others that look like them, especially people of color. Right. the the African Caribbean Latino X community, and we do have uh, other persuasions and other ethnicities that come on, but that's heavily my main focus is to have listeners hear from people that are in their same age uh, group, okay. to hear from people that are in different states, even in different countries, uh, to teach them how to shine. Right, right. And the whole concept came from shout out to Toby Nwigwi, um, who is uh, out of. Uh, Houston, Texas, I believe, or right outside of Houston in Adel. Uh, he had a song called Shine uh, that came out right around the pandemic. And that was when we first started the Run the Jewels podcast was around 2019 at the end of 2019 going into 2020. And the theme of the show uh, was Shine, the song that he has yeah. called Shine, yes, Shine yeah. on all of them. Um, and that left an impression on me when I heard the song and I was like, that needs to be the motto and the mission of the show is to uh, teach other entrepreneurs and young professionals how to shine in uh, their career uh-huh. or to shine in their communities or to shine even in their families. Uh, and so that coined the term run the jewels. I also do uh, give a shout out to killer Mike and also his uh, counterpart that has the, the rap group, hip hop group run the jewels, uh, but we spell ours with a Z, uh, not, not a regular S with jewels. I wasn't even gonna bring that up, man. I wasn't. I was because when I initially when I saw it, I was like, I feel like I've seen this before. And then I said, I'm not gonna ask him that. That's not. That's not even to be mentioned. But uh, so uh, the enterprise, right? You you or the network, both. Yes. What went from one to how many shows now? Well, right now we are producing three core shows the run the jewels podcast hosted by myself 
um, Midnight Prayer Watch, which is hosted by uh, one of my co-founders of Smart Travel Jewels, Delta Williams. Okay. And then also we have a Smart Travel Jewels show where we are basically talking everything with travel and leisure and giving travel hacks uh, with people that are wanting to go and travel internationally on a budget and to learn about other countries, culture, their economy, um, their food and local cuisine, and most importantly, their tourist spots. How do you manage? I mean, uh, you're teaching, you're, (laughs) you're in, you're in the community, you're everywhere. (laughs) Like, how do you, how do you manage? And then you're starting businesses over here. You're helping people, uh, grow their businesses over here. You're helping entrepreneurs gain knowledge over here. You're teaching people health. Like, how do you manage that? Um, it's just really a passion of mine to yeah. help others and most importantly to help others shine, mm. get out of their dark um, situations that they may feel trapped in to give them a lifeline, to give them a word of knowledge or a word of inspiration to know that this is not your future. This is only your present. Mm. So and being able to be raised around people that sewed into me books uh, like my uncle, Francis Smart uh, Jr., shout out to my uncle. He sold uh, books like The Richest Man in Babylon yes. to me at an early age. He sold books into me like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, and Robert Kiyosaki even has a book called Rich Kid, Smart Kid uh, that I also read. Uh-huh. So that left me with the purpose of wanting to help people. And when I was able to train and speak uh-huh. and use my gifts in order to really educate others, it um, changed my mindset that I could actually monetize this. Yeah. I can turn my voice or I can turn my passion or my hobbies or interests into a business. Uh-huh. And that's how we started the educational consulting agency, Smart Jewels Enterprises, and then now we have just been building out different legs of the business. Yeah, because uh, not only are you helping people get rich, but you're also helping people travel as well. Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about Smart Jewels Travels. Uh, my cameras are dying. I don't know if they're too. I don't know if it's too hot in here or what. But uh, tell me. I mean, the audio is all that matters, man. Absolutely. But but tell me tell me more about that. So Smart uh, Travel Jewels is really our baby right now that's myself and a few other content creators but myself and delta we are the founders of it along with the select few others we wanted to teach content creators how to travel abroad Uh. and to not just teach them how to travel abroad on a budget we wanted them to learn how to create content while they are traveling Uh. And not just in being a YouTube uh, travel influencer, but even whether they have a podcast, whether they are just trying to stay on TikTok or on IG, right? or whether they're just wanting to get a whole bunch of footage for their website, for their business, uh-huh. wanted to teach entrepreneurs and content creators how to create content globally. Wow. And that started from our passion of going to different countries uh, I've been to the biggest continents, Asia and Africa. I've been to Liberia and Seoul, South Korea. And when I found out I can go to the two biggest continents, I was like, this is only the beginning. Right, right. I did that, <laughs> I did that before I was even in my late 30s or even in my mid 30s. And so it's like 
literally you can travel, but don't just travel just for fun. Right. Travel and have this as a business expense that you are able to write off. Wow. And also that you're able to show others and build up a tribe or a community that wants to create content globally. Man, uh, we've explored so much. I feel like uh, I didn't ask you any of the questions that I have here. <laughs> it's all good. It's, it's, it, but it's been a great conversation. I've got to know so much about you. I always circle back with my guests. Hopefully, you'll be in Japan by the next time we yeah, do this. we got to get us out there <laughs> so we can get some some sake bombs or, or do some other um, uh, festivals. I've heard a lot of great things. Yeah. Hip-hop is big out in Japan. Yes, yes. Yes, uh, I actually found that out. I have a I have a guy coming on who, uh, the friend I was telling you about met in Japan, and yeah, and he's a he's an artist from Maryland. So wow. yeah, so small world, man. Yeah, it's a yeah. small world. But what I really want to ask you, and I ask every guest this uh, first time out, is what's next for you? Oh man, like I know when we spoke briefly, I've always had a dream which is now going to be a reality of building schools in West Africa. Um, Being in Liberia for the first time in 2019, I got to go with one of my friends and even business partners, um, John Yidia. He has a school out in Riverside, Liberia, and it sparked a a jewel in me. Uh, I would would even coin that term to want to – build and to build internationally. Yeah. And I had already been given a vision uh, from Yah um, or Abba, as I call my father, from maybe early college days that I was going to be having a complex uh, that has housing for students, Uh uh, that has trade schools and entrepreneurship. And that was like a big lofty dream that he had literally dropped into my head as an open vision. And I saw like the buildings, I saw the students that were there. I saw um, the farming and agriculture. I forgot to even mention where we're living off of the land. It's like a self encompassing uh, off grid uh, type of school. So it's not like in the city or anything like that. And going to Africa, it jogged my memory that I need to plant a school in Africa. And so that, was the real reason why I started the nonprofit King Building Development Institute Incorporated because I wanted to build up an institute for kings uh, to teach them how to shine with their crown and also how to inherit their eternal crown. Wow. And that was uh, really my steps each and every few years that I was taking towards uh, getting that to be a reality. So right now, to answer your question shortly, bro, um, <laughs> I'm looking to uh, transition <laughs> and relocate as an expat over to Asia and uh-huh. in Africa. And from there, I just know that Yah is going to present me with the right people uh, uh-huh. that can help me build uh, to that dream being a reality and having schools and even operating uh, businesses internationally as uh, international educator and influencer. Okay. Well, one, if you need any support with that, please let me know. And I will be, I'll be seeing, I'll be seeing you abroad. Uh, we had, we've had several conversations, so I definitely want to, I definitely want to get outside of the United States. I want to get some stamps on that passport, man. Got to. Only have like one or two stamps. Got to, man. Yeah. But I I really thank you one for just coming on the podcast 
uh, having having me introduced to this beautiful studio down here. I think I'm gonna do a lot more work in Atlanta now. Yes. But at the at the same time, um, you've just been an absolute blessing since I met you. If I needed anything, you've always been there. You're there for everyone in the community. Um, you're just you're just that 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 uh that beacon of light. I would say in um, dark times for real. So I I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you, King. Thank you for coming on the Keep It Up Listen podcast. Thank you for having me. I love what you're doing, man. Continue to that that positivity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to thank you guys for listening. Please be sure to check out the site, keepituplisten.com, to stay in touch with all of us here at the podcast. We would love to hear from you, especially myself the main host, but we would love to hear from you. Any topics you would love to talk about. And we just dropped the discipline shirts and hoodies on the store. Uh, you can also reach that from keep it up, listen.com. The link to that will be in the listen notes as well. Uh, and just want to say, we appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. Thank you so much. And always, and always keep it up. Listen. Hey, look, we in the land of milk and honey, but ain't nothing sweet.